So what he did was he'd sold us the, the business after some time, uh, but not too much time because we'd only got a few inquiries. Uh, and then he, he, he'd obviously, you know, kind of turned the switch because he, he, he pointed the blog network away from the site to a new one. And essentially this site just crashed. So we were left with something that was worthless. Uh, so yeah, so we lost, we did a lot, lose a lot of money through that. As Ahmed just explained, in that tiny little story, running your own business has some risk associated to it. In his case, he lost a bit of money, but it didn't define who he was at the time. Yes, it hurt. It took some time to recover from it, but in the end, he learned from it and then applied that knowledge when he went on to do other things and reinvent himself. This is a really great story. Listening to Amit manage to, you know, learn and find out what it is that he truly loves doing. I hope you enjoy it. Staying Alive UK. Share your story. Welcome to the Share Your Story podcast, Amit. How are you today? Yeah, good, good. How are you? Yeah, brilliant. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. And just for our listeners, we'll just say most of my interviews are virtual, uh, not kind of in person, which is a shame sometimes. But you're all the way up in Scotland. I'm kind of in the Midlands. So it's really good to have you on the show. Thank you. Yeah, th thanks for having me. Brilliant. So just in the kind of preamble before we started recording, um, I, I said to you, and I'll repeat this for the listeners, that because you're a Scotsman, I'm a Dutchman. Now, I have lived in this country for a long time, so I'm OK with most accents. But there are some comedians, Scottish comedians, and we just mentioned one of them, Frankie Boyle, and there's a Kevin somebody or other, I just can't understand what they're saying. You know, their jokes are completely missed on me uh, because of the accent. So please be gentle on me, Amit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't worry. I'll, I'll uh, keep the accent as mild as possible. Brilliant, brilliant. I'm sure there's lots of people who will have no problem. If I don't understand what you're saying, <laughs> I'll get you to repeat it. Well, that's it. It won't be the first time. It won't be the first time. Oh, I don't okay. know what they said. This happened. It does happen. <laughs> it does happen. Time. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Well, <clears throat> with every single guest that I have on the podcast, I always start with a very, very simple question to get the ball rolling. And that is, could you tell the listeners uh, and me as well, a little bit about your personal life to begin with. So where were you born? A bit about your education. How did that all go? Uh, where you now live? Did you move around before you moved to where you are now? Um, and yeah, just tell us a little bit about Amit and, and the journey so far. Over okay. to you. Yeah. Okay. So, um, well, might as well kind of start with my family background. Um, yes. So obviously, I'm even though I've got an in, I've got an Indian name, Amit. Uh, my parents were obviously they're from India. They came over, uh, and the well, my dad came over in the eighties, and my mum came over a bit earlier um, because her parents came over, um, and my 
Um, it, it was almost like an arranged marriage, which is quite common with Asian families. Yes. So they um, met in England. Um, you know, their marriage was arranged and all the rest of it. Yes. And they moved up to Scotland. Um, and my dad, uh, first of all, started, he helped uh, another family member with their business. Uh, and then he started his own business. So, uh, and then shortly after that, I was born. Um, after they started, the, mm-hmm. the it was like a newsagent's uh, grocers. Um, and, you know, a lot of the family have, they've had businesses in that area, you know, like off licenses. So yes. selling um, you know, alcohol and wine, and uh, or having uh, news agents. Um, so from a young age, I was kind of uh, kind of I'm familiar with the business. I can remember, you know, right. being a uh, you know a six year old and you know walking around the shop and taking all the sweets that I wanted and this kind of thing. <laughs> so and 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 then as soon as I could, uh, you know, uh, oh, I must have been maybe. When I started working in the shop, I must have been at least, you know, maybe 13 or something like that. So I started from a very young age um, working in, in family businesses. Wow. Um, uh, so, yeah. So um, and in terms of um, like schooling, so I I kind of moved now in Scotland, even though I'm, I'm um, I lived in Glasgow for most of my life, we yes. moved. Um, around different areas of Glasgow. So, um, you know, first of all, we lived with my aunt. At the start of the business, obviously, the, the, when my dad first had it, it wasn't doing, um, you know, it wasn't doing extremely well. It was very early stages, so we were living with his sister. Right. Then we moved to another, you know, a, a kind of one-bedroom flat in, you know, in, in Govan, um, which is like quite a kind of not the best area of Glasgow. So we lived there for a short time, and then we moved to, um, as the business started doing well, you know, they obviously the, the family had a bit more income. We then moved to the west end of Glasgow, which is, uh, um, you know, slightly a better area of Glasgow. Yes. Um, and um, schooling wise, I always, um, I think I spent, yeah, I think my entire, it was all, uh, it was a school called Hillhead, uh, which was, again, that's the West End of Glasgow, um, just a normal state school. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has, I mean, there's a story behind that school because it, it was at one point one of the worst schools in the UK in terms of. Oh, um, God various reasons for violence and um, mostly violence uh, and even well I won't go too deep into it but even now there was once there was a fight where a teacher's arm got broken so I mean that gives you a level of wow the kind of violence it was it was it was even under police guard at one point um for a short time this was a student doing it this was a yeah that was a that was actually a fight between two students that a teacher tried to break up and somehow, uh, yeah, the arm, I think they dislocated his arm. I think right, it was, right. uh, whether it was intentional, I don't know. Mm, um, mm. So, uh, but yeah, that gives you an idea of the kind of school it was. So it wasn't the best school, but... How long you were know, you there for? I was the, uh, no, that, that was the high school. So right. that was six years. So um, it's slightly different to England in that we have, um, we call it S1, S2, and then up to say S6, right, which is yes. six years of high school. Yes. Um, I think it's slightly different to England, but generally people will do this first seven years of schooling in a primary school. Yes. And then they'll do the next six years or less uh, in high school. Right. Um, so 
yeah, that was the high school, and I left. Um, I did my full time there, you know, did my whole, uh, despite being surrounded by that, you know, that kind of negative atmosphere, I kind of, you know, I, I always learned to kind of keep out of trouble. Uh, and, I, uh, and how yeah. did you manage that? I mean, that's quite difficult, isn't it, to have all of that anger and, and negativity around you. Do How did you manage to keep sane? <laughs> I know, um, I mean, I think a part of it is to do with, obviously, with my family background, you know, with the, the kind of, and what's what's common with a lot of um, immigrant families um, is that you, there's a real emphasis on hard work and, um, you know, staying, um, you know, emphasis on hard work and just, you know, trying to aim for a better life, you know, yes. and... And this kind of thing. So, uh, and I had good influences in terms of having family members that were all, you know, hardworking. They had their own businesses, and and I was, and I think I had a friend group that was. I was lucky in that my friends were quite. They they weren't they weren't interested in you know getting, you know, drunk every night or taking drugs or whatever else was happening. You know, they I was I was lucky in that. We were kind of we we're a bunch of geeks, to be honest. Right. Um, but, oh, how uh, fortunate! <laughs> but you know, it was it was very lucky. I think for yes. for all of us, for all the all the friends in that group, it worked out well because they, you know, they we kind of we coped. We, we kind of just we would see all this kind of stuff and we just kind of you know roll our eyes and we'll, you know, let's stay out of it kind of thing. Yes. Which, to be honest, was better for all of us. I think. Great. Oh, that's that sounds like a good plan. Well done. Well done. <laughs> So what what happened after those six years then? So um so as I said yeah I, being from you know the the Asian family unit you know it's kind of expected that you would go to university or you would start a business or something so right. um I my decision was to go into healthcare because I'd always been interested in that so originally I was um you know I was doing my I think chemistry, biology, the sciences, maths, I was always good at those kind of subjects. Yes. So I um, was aiming to kind of, I was looking at the medical field and I wasn't sure exactly what I would go into, but I ended up picking pharmacy. Okay. So um, I, so after high school, I went to Strathclyde Uni, uh, which is in Glasgow as well, and I studied pharmacy. Right. So um, that was a... I mean, uh, that, I always think back because I started that degree when I was 17. And, you know, a lot of people say that even at the age of 17, 18, 19, a lot of people don't really know what they want to do. And I have to think, looking back, I don't regret doing it. Um, Mm. I I don't, you know, I enjoyed the degree. It was a challenging degree. um, And, you know, I enjoyed uh, my career after it. You know, it was good. It was it was decent pay. You know, I won't lie. It was it's decent pay. But um, I think I was after a while I got delusion, uh, disillusioned yeah. with it, uh, and I don't think it was apparent until you know I'd been doing pharmacy for a few years, and I think looking back, I kind of rushed into it. Um, I I would just I think I I really only did pharmacy on the basis of hearing other people's recommendations or people saying you know oh oh, I know my you know my cousin did you know pharmacy and they are doing well and Mm. and and really it's like you're kind of 
I think probably at that age I was um, I was listening too much to other people to, and kind of thinking, oh well, maybe I'll do that. That sounds good. Um, so, but you know, I don't regret it. It was um, it was still um, uh, it was still an interesting degree and yes. good, very valuable skills I learned there as well. You know, things I still use now. Oh, <laughs> so okay. I've got, you know, if I've got something wrong with me, you know, or if, you know yes. my. My uncle says, you know, what does this tablet do that the doctor's given me? You know, I can actually answer it. So yes, uh, yes, it yes. comes in useful. Brilliant. Yeah, it is a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, when you're at a young age, there's, there's the kind of sense of expectation from family and friends and people around you. You, you are influenced by them, aren't you? It's difficult exactly. to make up your own mm -hmm. mind because it's the only way if you don't, I mean, you don't know what you don't know, basically. So, exactly, yeah. It's, it was, and it was the same thing. I think, especially with, um, and, it, and I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm maybe generalising a bit, but I, and I think um, it's not just other cultures probably suffer from this as well. Mm. I think with the, especially with the Asian community, I, I feel there's a real. Um, I don't know if it's if it's because of the the immigrant background. You yes. know, they come over from another country. There's a lot is very heavy um, emphasis placed on education or um, or running the family business. Yeah. And yeah. I think for me, I could even though I worked in the I worked in the family businesses for for years anyway, mm. and I'd seen a lot of it. I, I kind of I didn't want to go down that route because it, it to me it didn't it didn't really appeal to me. Uh, but secondly, I didn't see a future in the a lot of the businesses that the family were running. So mm. whether it was all licenses and, and you know you know yourself. I mean, this we're talking. Um, you know, this is like 15 years ago or something, and mm. now you know the state of, you know, the supermarkets have taken over. So mm. I could already, everybody kind of knew that anyway back then, but mm. you could see it, and I just thought, there's no there's no future in this. I, I can't do this. But at no. the same time, it was like, well, you need to go to uni. You need to, you yeah. know, you had to. So I had to do something to appease the family, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Totally understandable, yeah. I mean, the thing is, you know, what it what it gives you, I guess, is a sense of discipline. You know, when you said it was quite a hard yeah. course, challenging course, it allowed you to, you know, get used to a bit of challenge. Uh, exactly. Having to achieve something, you know, that's all good training, really, at that age mm -hmm. as well, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So that that's why I always say I don't I don't regret it. Um, yes. It was, it was um, had I not done it, you know, you don't I don't know what would have happened. So mm -hmm. uh, if I just went into the family business, you know, maybe that wouldn't have, you know, we wouldn't have been doing well at this stage. So you know, I always uh, I don't regret going into pharmacy. No, no. Cool. So how long did you do the pharmacy for? So I, let me think, I qualified, oh, sorry, I finished the degree in 2008. Right. I then had to do one year's training, so that finished 2009. Because right. it's a four-year course, you also have to do a, a year of training uh, as a uh, before you registered as a pharmacist. It's a bit like, I think, um, doctors have to do like a junior year. Um, right. Right. So I had right. to do that. And then I did that up until about 2000 and um 18 
um, because I was running the well, we'll get into that later. But I, at one point, I was doing the the pharmacy day job alongside the agency right that i'm running now so um but yeah i did pharmacy really you know a couple of years ago i'm still doing it um so so that you know that's that was a good you know nine years roughly i was doing i was doing pharmacy for sort of long time yeah um and i i changed initially i was doing locum locum pharmacy which Mm -hmm. is essentially i was working for different companies Mm -hmm. um so i never worked with one company initially uh, and then eventually i worked with a a, i won't say the name but um with a a larger multiple um and i think it was at that point (laughs) that's when you start to get a bit disillusioned with the you know your job uh, as a lot of people uh, i don't know what you mean ahmed (laughs) <laughs> tell us more <laughs> why did you get disillusioned i think with um i think especially with pharmacy you you do it initially thinking you know oh we're helping patients we are you know it's the you know it's a it's, a, it's what you would expect of healthcare but yes. working for these kind of companies that are embedded yes in the healthcare industry it becomes it becomes more about profit, to be honest. And I, all right. I could see was we, we you know, and it, and really, I was just a number. Um, as you, as anybody is with any large company that they work for, you just yeah. become another number, and then you start to think, oh, they're not really interested in the patient. Mm-hmm. They're, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're just more interested in profit. So, um, so I, I mean, the, you know, I mean, coupled with that is the fact that maybe pharmacy wasn't really for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was a. I think I reached a stage where I thought, you know, I, I want to. I want to try something different. So, um, so as I said, I kind of at one point I was doing the. I was doing the day job, and I was kind of trying to build up my um, skills as well. I was doing internet marketing really from before. Um, you know, probably when I left uni, I was kind of, you know, doing bits of it here and there um, from about 2009 onwards. Doing um, what? Um, doing different, uh, you know, various internet marketing things. So right. I was teaching myself kind of from the from the bottom up. You know, I was, I was teaching myself a bit of copywriting. I was trying to learn more about, you know, setting up websites. I was... Why, why um, did you start that? It had always been, you know what, I actually had a friend in school who was doing quite well from it. Right. Uh, and he was, and funnily enough, he was actually an, uh, an international student from uh, China. Right. And he'd been doing that for a while. And he, you know, it was, it was, he was doing kind of affiliate websites. And, you know, I didn't really, um, that kind of got my interest and it was from that I started to, I started realizing I actually enjoyed it as well. So after teaching myself those, you know, those initial skills, you know, I started kind of building my own websites. Um, you know, some of which didn't really go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, it was it was a lot of experimenting in the past. You know, in the first kind of. Um, you know, five, six years um, was, yeah, kind of figuring it out and trying to teach myself different things. Yes. Great. Well, and so so you were influenced by your friend or fellow mm-hmm. student uh, mm-hmm. to go into that direction. I mean, did you, 
did you get any formal training from anybody else or did you just do your own thing and go online and learn from online people or yeah i mean i uh, the thing was he then um uh, after leaving high school i think he probably stayed in the uk for another year or two right. and then moved back to china so I, there wasn't really time to get a lot of training and i, I wouldn't really have bothered him that much because you know he had his own things to do but um, it was good that he you know he showed me a few initial things and he was quite into coding um, but coding wasn't really my bag um, but I felt the internet marketing um, and building websites and this kind of thing I was interested in Mm. so um, and yeah uh, obviously when I um, you know, I, there wasn't really, I didn't feel there was anyone I could really go to for formal training. And there was a lot of info out there. You know, as you know, there's, you're just deluged with info. So a lot of it was just spent trying to teach myself uh, and just looking for, you know, free tutorials or, you know, um, just, yeah, just basically just trying to consume as much content as possible. And, yeah. uh, and you know, kind of doing that alongside working um but uh you know I, 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 it was uh, it was almost like another hobby um mm. you know it sounds sounds a bit sad but um no. <laughs> it was kind of you know learning it, it was almost like my hobby that I was doing um because yeah. oh, I was I was never yeah I was never really into I, you know I tried sports over the years and then I, uh you know think things like badminton and football and mm-hmm. but you know I'd always uh, I was never really that into sports so no. this was my kind of my hobby. Brilliant. And okay, so so how did that then develop? So do, you're still doing pharmacy, you're doing some kind of internet learning, mm-hmm. internet marketing learning, building websites, just, you know, geeking out on technology yeah, sure. on the internet, I guess. And and then how did that then develop to 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 get it more serious? Yeah, so from, I would say from about, you know, the first, um, up until about 2013, it was just a lot of like, um, just trying different things and not really thinking, you know, well, I can make a serious business out of this. Mm. Um, And it was probably from 2013. I don't know what the trigger was or if it was just a a natural progression, but that's where the stage where I started thinking, you know, I need to turn this into something um, I think part of it was to justify continuing to learn about it. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I'm going to have to get some kind of benefit. Otherwise, I'm just going around in circles. So um, I think my initial, um, initially I got into copywriting. So that's where, where I started off. Um, right. So I was trying to teach myself. I was reading up a lot of things on, um, you know, from some of the copywriting giants out there. So, so things like John Carlton and, um, you know, various sort of, of the name escapes me of a few of them now. Um, UK or uh, American? Yeah, but John Carlton, I was I was kind of um, I was reading up and off. He has a book as well. I think it's Kickass Copywriting Secrets. So I remember reading that. Um, that's American, is it? Yeah, that's yeah, right. That's he's yeah. an American copywriter. Yeah, so yeah. I was I was kind of trying to teach myself that, and then I got into creating funnels, um, and I spent a lot of time on. There was a really big. Um, internet marketing forum um, called Warrior Forum, uh, and I think I mean back in the day that was probably one of the main forums. Um, right. 
I think it's still around, but it's not. You know, it's not. It's changed hands a couple of times. Yeah. It, uh, it's not as big, but back then that was like one of the places to be um, for internet marketing. So I, you know, spent a lot of time on there, kind of learning things, learning from other people, um, and I got into you know the copywriting, um, writing, uh, creating funnels, and writing sales pages. Right. And then I got into um, a business called Solo Ads. Um, so Joey to I don't want to bombard you with too much info, but uh, it's so so Soul Ads is basic was basically uh, building subscriber lists right. uh, and selling right. internet marketing products. So um, either selling your own product or affiliate products. So um, uh, yeah, so that was kind of my first kind of serious venture into internet marketing was right. the Soul Ads. What doing the uh, solo ads, solo. Solo. yeah, solo, uh, S O L O, ads. I like adverts. Yeah, it's kind of like I, it was. It was. I mean, essentially, uh, even though that's the name they gave to it, it was essentially just having an email subscriber list, right? And building it up and building a following and this kind of thing. Um, so I did that for a while. Um, I also, um, and this was a venture that didn't do well. Um, we had a, um, a partner or, or somebody I'd been talking to for a while on mm-hmm. Warrior Forum, and we decided to get into SEO. Yes. Um, even though we didn't really have much experience in it, so I'm, I'm not really sure what the thought process was at that time. <laughs> I, think, I think we, we'd basically figured out a few people we, we were going to outsource to, mm-hmm. and we felt we would be able to bring in clients uh, and you know we we found um, a marketplace where people were selling websites, um, and we found somebody selling one based in Los Angeles, and the website was ranking well, and we felt we could, you know, we were able to bring the clients in, and if we could outsource, we you know we could we could do quite well. Yes. Um, so we kind of went down it, but that didn't. Um, turn out well and the reason for that is was because well we basically got scammed so right basically and it, and it wasn't overnight it was like we handed over you know quite a considerable i think in total it was probably over not a huge amount but we were talking about over like ten thousand dollars Mm. to buy this business mm. um, and basically the and it was very looking back it was a very naive uh, of us but at the time we were kind of newcomers to yeah. SEO and knowing how it worked so essentially what he did was he had a website that was doing well um, it was ranking for various um, terms to do with Los Angeles so SEO Los Angeles or Los Angeles um, search engine optimization with all these other terms and it was bringing in traffic and it was all verified you know it was it, he was getting clients through it they were getting um, inquiries uh, and he was doing well and so we sold the business to us and we thought right that's you know that's a sorted it's just a case of let's keep getting the clients in keep mm-hmm. closing them and you know and we'll and we've got somebody to outsource to yeah. and we'll just kind of we'll take the our markup and you know that, that's us but we're in the money kind of thing yeah and um, but it didn't really work out like that because 
and this was where our naivety uh, mm. with SEO came into play. Mm. He was ranking the site by using what we now think is what was like a, a private blog network. So what he did was he'd sold us the, the business after some time, but uh, not too much time because we'd only got a few inquiries uh, and then he, he he'd obviously, you know, kind of turned the switch because he, he, he pointed the blog network away from the site to a new one mm-hmm. and essentially this site just crashed. <gasps> So we were left with something that was worthless. Uh, so yeah, so we lost. We did wow. a lot, lose a lot of money through that. So that oh, was sorry to hear that, man. That's yeah. that's really tough. That's yeah, really but tough. It's, but it's one of those things, and it it is that backstory, and we'll we'll discuss this in more detail later. But mm. you know, it's that backstory that makes, and you hear a lot of stories. And internet marketing, and especially SEO, mm. about you know scammers and people yes. you know being what they seem, and then I, and it really um, when I hear it, I'm like, and I know they hear people hear this a lot of you know I'm I'm really you know I'm really sorry that happened all that, but I really am sorry because it actually happened to me mm. Um, mm. entering the SEO industry, so I know how it feels like, and that's right. why it's really I always uh, strive to you know do whatever I can for for my clients and because you know i i have been that's the ugly side of seo that's the and unfortunately not everybody's like that and you know it doesn't happen all the time but it's it's, uh, unfortunately there are people like that and and it's an interesting story because that guy and it wasn't apparent to us until years later i reached out because to other people because i felt the guy then had he had a few businesses set up around the US, yes. uh, the US and Canada, and I then kind of did a bit of investigative work and I reached out to somebody else. He'd actually done this multiple times. Right. On investigating, and I even talked to somebody on Skype, I think last, it was either last year or the year before, and I think they were based in Toronto, and he'd done something very similar to them. Right. And they had lost more than us i think probably in the region of twenty thousand dollars plus wow Wow. and so the guy had done it quite a few times and uh yeah and it just shows you the um and you can't report him and well we tried that we had tried that we reported him to the marketplace which was flipper in fact uh and you know i think his his account got banned but we there was no way of getting the money back. No, no. It been, had been done through escrow as well, but the 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 problem is he'd because he'd handed over the business and everything seemed okay until yeah. as soon as he pointed that network this PBN uh, as they call it away from the site. That's where at that point you know mm. it was, it was too late. He had the money by then, and he just mm. there was no way. And obviously talking directly to to him was. Uh, wasn't really he was answering the messages but the guy was just adamant that it was almost like he justified that it wasn't illegal or wrong because he said but you paid for the site and you can't guarantee anything in seo that was his justification Mm, mm. uh which i mean (laughs) wow that's That's a tough what can you do it's just one things you you can't reason with those kind of people well you know when even though i'm sorry for you and whoever you were doing this with 
uh, that yeah. you lost this money in in some respect for it to happen fairly early on in your business journey um well two things could have happened you could have gone oh this is not for me i better go back yeah. to pharmacy mm. um or some other job or, or you could say right this is a tough lesson i've learned from it i'm never going to do this again you know move on so which one did you choose so yeah so yeah like like you said it was the it was the second one thankfully um yeah. well done. i thought and 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 actually that that negative experience and the way that that site crashed kind of that got my attention because then i thought because i kind of wanted to know okay i, I realize he um you know obviously the site has doesn't rank for anything now but i just i was still curious because it was ranking for so many good terms. And then I, I thought, I want to know more about this. Like, right. how did they manage this? And and in a way that you know that got my um, attention in the first place. So, mm. so that so I, I didn't lose it because I, I said you know that there's still a way for me to do this. I just need to learn how. Um, so um, so yeah, that so that thankfully it was the second one um and my uh, and the the partner i was with um david um we, we kind of went our separate ways you know he didn't blame me for it but a part of it you know it was it was a uh, and he could manage he had he had various he had a few things he was doing and he had another online business that was um, um he was doing himself uh so we kind of went our separate ways so sure so there was but no um yeah it was it was a harsh lesson for both of us i think um but but a, a hidden a hidden gift as well exactly yeah and something that you know it didn't it didn't feel like it at the time but yeah definitely it was it was something that it maybe uh set me off on a on a different path you know yeah. which uh which wouldn't have otherwise happened exactly exactly so it's strange how these things happen. I know, I know. I say this a lot to people, you know, bad stuff happens, but it isn't always bad. You know, mm -hmm. if you can look into actually what was the resultant thing following the, in quotes, bad thing that happened, a negative mm -hmm. thing experience, then often it turns out okay. And there is something that you can take with you from that experience. And obviously you did. So well done. So, um, yeah, so uh, it's, it's yeah, a, a bad one at the time, but yeah, yeah. it, it certainly, it, I suppose it paid off in a way mm -hmm. uh, later down the line. Mm, sure. So what did you do next after that? So after that, I, you know, even then I didn't go straight into ACO straight at, you know, after that, but mm. I was, I was kind of, I was still kind of figuring things out. I was doing the, 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 the solo ad business I was, I was doing right. before. I was, I kind of, uh, I, I, I kind of wound that down after a while. Um, so um, I kind of, I took a step back from that um, and I did spend a bit of time where I wasn't really doing any internet marketing for a while, I think that negative experience did. It did, don't get me wrong, after a while, I, it did capture my attention and I wanted to know more about SEO, mm -hmm. but I still took a step back and I felt a bit like I, I don't want to put myself in a 
in a vulnerable position again. So I, I did, um, for, for a short time, take a, a step back from internet marketing and I was kind of doing the pharmacy thing for a while. Yeah. Uh, and I got the, you know, I was, I was working away in the day job, but I think it was uh, around kind of two th- maybe early 2014, uh, I think when I, I was on Warrior Forum one day and... Um, there were people talking about, um, you know, I think they were talking about offline businesses that have a high um, customer value. Um, so things like, you know, um, bus- I think it was a thread called businesses that are worth $1,000 per customer or more. Something like this. And it was quite a long thread. And there was people saying, you know, there's, uh, you know, roofers and you know um you know plumbers and uh, not plumbers but there was various other ones um uh, people were throwing out their solar panel installate installers and um people putting in ideas of businesses that they said were um worth going to that would um that were willing to pay for um, marketing services because um because of the high uh, customer value yes yeah um, and there was a guy that the the kind of posted a comment that got my attention uh, and it was somebody that would become quite important um, not long after that and um, he made a comment about saying, he said it was something silly and uh, but it stood out because he said something like, well this is nothing there's businesses that make you know, $10,000 per customer or more he said, that's the kind of level you need to be looking at mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he put that comment, and I thought, and then he started listing things like, you know, private jet chartering, uh, you know, installing marble flooring and this kind of thing. And then I thought, this guy, this guy thinks a bit different. And I like this. <laughs> so, so he was doing something a bit different. And I, and I kind of, um, his name was Dan, uh, Dan Ray. And I didn't know him at the time, uh, but he owned an SEO agency in Leeds. Um, and um, he'd been so I, I was talking. I just I, I think I talked to him on on Skype a couple of times, and um, initially after we were messaging on the forum back and forth, and he was running an agency, been doing it for quite a few years, uh, and this guy, you know, after that initial negative experience, I always you know I always had my guard up, mm-hmm. you know, and I'd always be like, well, I need. I don't know if this person is what they seem, but with him, I could tell, you know, this guy's not, um, there's nothing to hide there because he's telling me all this stuff and he's yeah. not, and I'm not, I'm not giving him any money, you know, mm. and uh, what's he got to gain from it? And, and I thought this guy, and after checking out his stuff and his website and his, you know, his, um, all these things that he had. Yes. I could tell this guy knows what he's talking about and he's obviously somebody very experienced. So he got me interested in SEO again um, and it was his... Um, uh, and that's why I then kind of... Like he did, he he, he started specialising in link building right. um, really early on. So that got me interested specifically in link building and trying to get more... Um, kind of get to grips with what, how SEO... Uh, really works right because i think with the previous guy with the 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 kind of the one we had the 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 bad experience with um he was more on the what you would call the black hat side of seo i know people don't like these terms you've got the white hat seo and the black hat seo so he was black hat 
in terms of um, using more um, what people would call dodgy techniques to rank better. Um, so I kind of knew a bit about that, but the way that Dan was describing it, his kind of SEO was different, and I hadn't heard people talking about this before. Um, I also didn't hear much of it on Warrior Forum or anywhere else, so that got my attention, um, I think. Um, so, that, yeah, that was about 2014, uh, and, yeah, it kind of it grew from there. So, okay, um, there's a few things you mentioned there. Mm-hmm. Are, I mean, SEO or search engine optimization for the full term so that everybody knows what it is, yeah. <laughs> um, is fairly well known. And you're absolutely mm-hmm. right that people have, apart from people that are in the internet marketing world and are actually delivering it, mm-hmm. they would feel there's a lot of people that are skeptical about it yeah because you're right you got to pay a lot of money each month for potentially not with no guarantees that anything will potentially happen mm-hmm. so um this is the view kind of i'm putting it at a really basic level now link building is something that i think is not that well known um, because I don't hear that much. I don't hear mm-hmm. people talk about it. I don't see it written. I don't see it promoted. I don't. So, could you explain for for the layman and laywoman, mm-hmm. um, layperson, what what's the difference between the two, or is there a difference? And how would you? Yeah, how would you? I mean, I know you're saying kind of black hat, white hat, which again means nothing. First time I've heard about that. It's such a, it's a, a, t- a term used in the industry. It's yeah. an industry it's jargon. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, so with your white hat on, explain to us then a little bit about link building, please. Yeah. So, um, so. SEO, as you said, um, search engine optimization. It's it's kind of like the umbrella term. It's the um, you know using techniques to you know improve your rankings and you know get you you know um, further up for various keywords. But I think with link building, the reason nobody really knows about it is because it's it's seen as a, a specific thing that's done within SEO. So anybody that's outside of SEO, generally they are not really aware of link building or mm. they are they, they may have heard of it, but they're not really clued up on how it works right. or what it involves. So SEO at the the it's kind of got two sides to it. SEO has got on page. So on page is stuff that you do to your website. So things like um making sure the keywords are mentioned in the titles or it's mentioned a few times within the body of the content or, you know, the the basic stuff you would do to the website. So it's your foundational stuff. It's the things that's um, that most people associate with SEO. I think if you think about the things you do to the website, making sure the pages all interlink, this kind of basic stuff. 
Yes, yes. Then there's the off-page stuff. That's the bit that I think a lot of people, they're not really, um, they don't have a handle on. And that is, that's, I mean, there's off-page has a few things to it. But the main part of off-page SEO is link building. So link building in, uh, if we can can describe it in a, a simpler way, is basically reaching out to other websites or blogs and asking them to link to your website. Right, yes. Now, now it I seems have... very, it's a very basic concept, but that's really all link building is at the, right. at the basic level. Now, that I have had, interestingly enough, in the past year, mm-hmm. I have had a lot of requests from people for mm-hmm. that so that they found a blog post of mine and gone... I hope you don't mind me asking, you might find that this content or a link to this content would work really well with the content that you've got on your what you're talking about on your website mm. type of thing. And if you do that, then we'll put a link to the your blog on, you know, on our website, that type of thing. And I've I've shied away from it, to be fair. I've said, mm. Mm, I'm not. I mean, this particular blog that they were asking about, because I don't really do any more writing on that blog. And I'm really surprised that it gets found, to be honest. (laughs) Um, I'm kind of going, nah, mm, yeah, I'm not, not, not that keen, you know, because really they're doing it for their purpose, not really for Mm -hmm. my purpose, you know. So I'm helping them promote their stuff. So... But what you're saying is, it's is that what is that correct? Is that the kind of thing? That's is it. Yeah, I think what you you're probably right. That is an outreach email that you've got for yes. link building. And um, what you what you'll find is there'll be some people will be better at it than others. And and where and I think with link building, uh, I mean part of it is just doing the outreach and. Mm. asking people to link to your website but that's maybe generalizing that's maybe making it too basic right what when i work with any client and i think anybody that does link building properly the only way that they're going to get the link is if as you said there's a benefit to the other person so most of the time what you'll find is that your chances of getting the link will be better the better the quality of content is mm-hmm. that you're putting out so it's going to have to be something pretty good or there has to be some benefit to the other person. Like, mm. for instance, that person that reached out to you, did the, I mean, their content that they showed may not even be, it may not even have been that good. And secondly, had they said something like, you know, if you do that, you know, in return, we'll share a couple of your articles on social media. You know, and that would drive a bit of traffic to you, so you'd get a benefit. Mm, I think mm, mm. Uh, when somebody is doing like building, a, a, you know, when they're doing it properly and they, they really know what they're doing, they they'll think of these kind kind of things and they'll think, you know, if when we're reaching out to these people, why why should they do it? And you know, what can we do for them? Yes. In return, so I think uh, yeah, I think um, I. I uh, I think that that email you did was essentially link building, but it was maybe just not the the best example of it. That that that's like I would 
term that as a spray and pray link building effort where you're just Mm. emailing and going, fingers crossed they're going to, you know, I've sent, I send a thousand out or whatever to people and then hopefully we'll get somebody who's going to bite. Um, exactly yeah mm. which some people have that, that approach and some people have that approach with um you know even sales cold emailing and um but as you said it's uh, it's about i think when you want to improve the quality of your link building and you want to get um um some really good links if you want to partner with some really um good publications and these kind of things uh, it's going to be about you know having something of value you know so having showing some kind of value up front sure sure and then what what would you say is the the prime benefit then of link building what if you were to pitch this to somebody to complete novice and say mm you know, I can get you more hits on your website or do something or increase your traffic or increase sales because at the end of the mm. day, that's what people want. That's what you want. Mm. Um, what, what, how would you pitch it? What, you know, in terms of what is included in the whole process? Mm. So, so yeah, so well, what I'll probably start with saying is um, what you'll find is there's a lot of people doing SEO already or they've reached a certain stage with their basic SEO stuff but where link building fits in is well there's a few benefits to it first of all as you said you're getting when you're getting links on exactly the right type of websites and things which match up to your business right or your you know or your content your drive I mean one you're going to get direct traffic because you're getting a link on that page or that website and you're going to get people clicking through to the link. Uh, and as long as that's relevant to them, which it should be if you're doing it right, um, you're going to get direct traffic and say, um, possibly sales. Um, secondly, search engines like Google, they can detect, and this is like a, a thing, it's been, it's been a factor for a while, but it's becoming more apparent now links are seen by search engines as a very important ranking factor so right the, as you start to accumulate you know really quality links and links that are very relevant search engines like google will detect that you're you're getting all these links and that and not in the short term but in the medium to long term is going to improve your rankings so and and that's proven with studies and you know so it is uh, and even um, it's kind of well known that links are a ranking factor as well. So the basic on-page SEO stuff will work. You know, making sure your title tags are on the page and you've got the your keywords mentioned, but it's only going to take you to a certain level. You know, there's only so many times you can mention your keyword and you can, you know, you can tweak your website. At some stage, you're going to have to build links if you want to get that extra edge if you want to push the you know more traffic if you want to push your rankings up that bit further Mm -hmm. um you do need to do links at some point and that's why people reach that stage where they're like i've worked on my seo for ages and it's nothing's happening or it just keeps fluctuating Mm -hmm. probably what the problem is is they don't have any they don't either one they don't have any links or two they have some links but they're not good quality Right. So, so links are kind of like 
you can't just do link building by itself. But I think when you've done SEO for, for anybody that's a fairly you know they've been doing SEO for a while, mm-hmm. um, or you know they've um, or even if they've um, they've not been doing it that long, mm-hmm. they they do have to think at some point they're going to have to do link building. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to get that extra edge and and kind of a kind of third benefit uh, to links. So one, you've got the direct traffic. Two, you've got the the rankings. And obviously, as you start to rank better, that brings in more traffic. But right. thirdly, you've got the kind of brand awareness effect. So, say for instance, you've got um, certain big online publications or magazines for your industry, mm-hmm. and you start to you start to get your brand mentioned. You know, on some of these, that in itself is even without the link. Obviously, you always want to you always want to aim to get a link, but even just having the brand mentioned on all these specific, you know, all these publications or these blogs and getting the name of it out there is a brand awareness effect as well. So that's a it's a smaller um, thing, but I think that's a something another important kind of um, positive effect of links to consider as well. Right. Okay. So, I mean, it sounds. So that's okay. Yeah, I mean, it sounds simple, but I bet it isn't simple to kind of, you know, find partners, I guess, or mm-hmm. websites that are willing to put a link on there. That or do I mean, you can ask, ask answer the question. I guess can you can you buy that? I mean. Do you have to pay for getting your link? So do people sell like you can put your links here. Look, my website gets, you know, a million hits a day. So if you've got your link here and it's going to cost you this much to put your link here. Yeah, there are certainly people um, selling links. Uh, and it does happen, and it's kind of uh, this is it's been a, a bit of an an internal. It's not something that's well known, but within the SEO industry itself, mm. there's been a lot of uh, talk about the th- this kind of paid link um, uh, thing because a lot of people will agree with it and they'll say it's fine, you know. But technically speaking, um, it is against. Well, Google have it on their guidelines. They they have said that um, you know paying for links is against their gu- their guidelines. Right. But okay. the thing is, so is, that a, is, is that a black hat technique? <laughs> it would. It, it, I know. Well, this is the, It depends what you would class as um, black hat. Yeah. It's one of those things that nobody's ever truly gonna um, uh, gonna be going to agree about it, whether it's black hat or not, or if it's grey hat. Some people have said it's grey hat, which is like a, a kind of, <laughs> basically means they're not sure. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, the only thing is with Google's guidelines, and if you read it, technically speaking, anything which is actively trying to build links um, would be against their guidelines. So whether it's exchanging um, exchanging money in return for a link or even exchanging a product right. for a link. Right. Or, um, technically speaking, even doing active outreach and asking people for the link is against their guidelines. So really the question is whether 
is Google really going to, I know this is, it sounds bad, but is, can Google really police all this and are mm. they really aware? Mm. Mm. Um, so I think it's I think it's always down to the individual ACO or business if they're comfortable with paying for links. But mm. I think really when you're doing link building um, and you you know if you have good content and you have you know a good website and you have value to you know upfront in terms of having good content and you have something good to offer people if they do link to you to your website I think um, you don't have to pay for links um, and I know a lot of people I have seen. They, they say they do a lot of outreach and they said people are, when they email them and ask them to link, people are asking them to pay them. And it does happen, but um, there are uh, a lot of people that are going to be willing to insert a link um, uh, without you paying them. But the issue is whether you have something of value yeah. to link to. Uh, I think uh, I think that's the key thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Wow, I mean, it sounds a, a big topic. Uh, I mean, it, it is, yeah. yeah it is. And and sorry to to get you to delve into this. No, no, it's fine, it's fine. But I want it, it's, it's a subject that needs um that does does need talked about. Yes, I I agree because you know it's a little bit like um, smoke and mirrors a mm -hmm. lot of the time. It's a bit like you know oh there's a magic formula and algorithm exactly. and nobody really knows what it is but you know just give us a lot of money and we'll sort it for you and i and i i really appreciate that you you know you're kind of being really open and honest about what it is and what it means to people because i think that's, that's what's like needed in the industry mm -hmm. somebody who can go you know let's not give it a, an obscure name like white hat or black hat we'll just say what it exactly. is you know exactly yeah and i think i think um, oh there was actually one one other thing i think the the conversation about the the kind of the black hat and the the ways of getting links there, there's actually been a very interesting um story in buzzfeed recently mm. uh, which i'll probably try and share you share the link with you yes please uh, yes i'll on. put it in the show notes yeah um and it is Basically, and, and this is kind of this is kind of SEO or link building at at its worst. And um, there was something in Buzzfeed recently about a very you know a reputable link selling service who were basically um, you know they would basically build links for you. They, they would yeah. um, they would they would build links for businesses, and these all you would do is just pay them a fee per link, and they would get the link. Uh, but t apparently turned out that they were using hack hacked links. So in other words, they, now there's been some discussion about whether they knew they were hacked or right. they were using a middleman, but apparently um, they were, um, there were people that had the website hacked or the server hacked or something, and right. they were inserting links, and uh, which obviously I would never condone anything like that, and that's a kind of very dirty side of the business um yeah. but that's just been an interesting development in terms of link building uh kind of seeing it at its worst uh and that, <laughs> I don't think, and that 
Yeah. I don't think we want to know about those, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> it's interesting for you because you're in the industry, but we don't want to hear about these kind of practices. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so we can maybe edit that out if it's yeah. too... <laughs> No, no, people can know about it, but go and, they can go and have a look on BuzzFeed themselves. Yeah. Because I don't want to help BuzzFeed, let's face it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I'd rather put a link to your website on the, on the show notes. <laughs> Oh my man! I mean, it sounds interesting. I have to say, it's it's also confusing. I've got one other curious question I'd like to ask you, and then I want to have a chat with you about podcasting, if I may. But um, so, and and this may be intellectual property, and so if you don't want to answer this, that's fine. But is there secret software that link builders are using? to make the process really easy or is it a really manual process and you, it takes a lot of time to literally, you know, plow through and look for websites where your links will be useful on? Yeah, pre precisely. There's, um, you know, there's various ways of automating or speeding up parts of the process. So right. we might use tools to schedule emails or to send out a specific time, like if we could set up emails and make them go out on a yes. Tuesday morning or something, or there's certain, you could use email templates, but um, obviously you don't want to blast out an email to everybody. You want to be personalizing it mm. at least to some degree for each target. But, um, so that, so, but using a template can speed up the process a bit rather than manually typing it out each time. But, yeah, as you said, there's only so much you can do with link building. True, like, when you're doing link building properly, as I would say, I keep saying the word properly, but <laughs> uh, pr proper link building is really going to be, there's going to be a lot of manual work involved, mm. and it's going to be more about trying to build um trying to build kind of relationships with smaller numbers of people mm. you know maybe a you know a, a couple of hundred a month maybe uh, or more if you want to scale up but we're talking smaller numbers rather than the you know the the larger numbers that you you would normally associate with um kind of a spammy link building mm. um so it, it's more about um use being very personalized in your emails and trying to build, you know, trying to um, really target somebody specifically and showing that you've actually, you know, read the website and you've actually read, you know, the article they've written properly. Yes, and, yes. And you're, the article you're offering, you know, that you're showing them is actually relevant. So it's all these key things. But as you start to get more um, into these kind of nitty gritty things, um, you can't automate it. So as unfortunately for us, uh, for the people doing it, mm. it's a lot of manual work. But right. I think um, it retains quality, I think, yes. is the key thing. Yes, that's important, yeah. And I guess, um, yeah, I guess the starting point, this is the last question on link building, unless there's something specifically you'd like, me, you'd like to raise. But um, I guess... The starting point, is, as always, and this is where the, let's say, if I was the customer, that I need to be clear on my, I guess, keywords or things that people might be searching for 
in order to get found to then be able to find websites, contacts, whatever, who match to those keywords. Is that right? So in terms of um, having Identifying, people... yeah, identifying which websites. Yeah, so um, so in terms of, yeah, uh, when we're trying to um, build lists of sites that we, would, um, that we think would be um, interested in partner, partnering up, yes. um, it is going to be, yeah, we, we tend to do it using um, pros, what we call prospecting. So we'll essentially plug keywords into Google and we'll be, you know, looking through lists of sites uh, and, um, but, you can sometimes, uh, you know, if you're going through social media, um, you might find a site through that as well. Mm. Um, so we do often use that. We'll, 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 okay, we'll, we'll use something like Google and we'll try and find targets of um, lists of sites through that way. But um, we might find a few links on social media as well. Mm. Um, or we'll, we might even find a website that has mentioned a competitor or somebody else in the industry, and then we'll reach out to them as well. So, um, but yeah, as you said, a lot of it will be about finding sites that can be found. Right, 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 right. Okay, so um, as I just said a couple of minutes ago, I, I wanted to have a chat with you about podcasting. Obviously, we're on a podcast. Uh, podcasting hasn't even reached its peak yet around the world. Mm. Um, there's a ma there's a very very important player that's gone come onto the scene in the last twelve months, and that's Spotify. Who everybody who has a podcast can have that podcast on Spotify for free. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, as indeed most most podcast channels are free to put your podcast on, but Spotify is a biggie because. Mm. They they are the winner in kind of the music streaming field, and they very clearly have just like music and and podcasts, you know. So exactly. Mm. Um, so there's like there's not much that you need to search for. So inevitably, I mean, I'm on my eightieth or so podcast. This particular mm. interview, just over mm. eighty. Okay. Um, and. You know, my guests, I I asked them, I said, well, here's the audio file. If you want to put it on your website, feel free to do so. But that's the wrong question or the wrong suggestion to make. What I should have said to them, this has just come up to me up in my head now as we're talking. Mm -hmm. What I should have said to them, here's a link to my podcast and being clear on which link I want them to have, which is my website link, I mm -hmm. guess. Here's a link to my podcast. Please, can you put that on your website or on your blog or or wherever specifically with these key words or something specific? Is that, I mean, I think the biggest thing with people that are doing podcasting is to be found and get more listeners, right? Mm -hmm. and yeah. it, does, it does two things. One, it will get me in front of more people and they may be interested in what I do specifically other than just podcast interviewing, um, it will also help the guest because if they hear the guest like you mm -hmm. and they look in the show notes and or they search you on Google, then that could be a benefit. 
So I'm already giving a benefit, which is doing this podcast for the guest because they're going to be heard. I want them to be heard by more people as well. So it's a win-win. Podcasting is a win-win potentially for link building. That's what I'm saying, really. Yeah, I, I think um, you're right, actually. Um, I think offering them a link to the actual podcast episode would be a... That's almost like a building link. Mm. Um and and the good thing is you you can you can by doing that you can drive direct traffic you can then you know they can then share it on social media and then that could and and the interesting thing is sometimes things happen in link building where you know things happen with, that you don't expect so by them sharing it for instance on their website or on social media somebody else may see it and then you don't know if there's a chance that they could then share it on their own website or their mm. own social media. And it's almost like a, and, and, I've, and I've had things like that happen before where we'll, you know, we'll ask somebody to link to something and then something else will happen and then something else will happen, but it's, we weren't actually actively trying to do it. So yeah, I think definitely that's, that's a good way of, of doing that. And by, um, and it's kind of building authority as well because they've seen that you've, um, you know, you've appeared on a podcast and mm, mm, you know, mm. the, 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 the kind of hearing your story as well and that, that's kind of thing. So it's all, it's all good. Okay. And, and in terms of getting the podcast found, apart from that, that um, uh, strategy with the guest, mm -hmm. what other strategies can you... I mean, it's a leading question. I should be paying you for this answer. But, um, <laughs> no, it's fine. Getting your podcast link onto other sites. I mean, I've already done, and I don't mind sharing this openly and everybody can hear that, but I've already managed to get my podcast on a lot of other podcasting sites. You know, there's like a mm -hmm. dozen. In, in, That's right. There's mm -hmm. about a dozen that have there are channels, podcast channels. Mm -hmm. I mean, the biggest ones, of course, are well. I think Spotify are going to morph Apple Podcasts. To be honest, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because anybody with an Android phone doesn't want an Apple Podcast, but they they're likely to have Spotify on their phone. Exactly. So Spotify number one, Apple Podcast number two, Google Google Podcasts, which I've been trying to get on for the past ever since I started five years ago. And only only in the last, just before Christmas, I managed to get on there. And God, it was mm. a really peculiar way to get onto that. So, yeah. Because they say, oh, it's not allowed in this country. But that's I did, right. I did mm. manage to get on there in the end. So I've, I've um, if you ever have clients that want to get onto Google Podcasts, I've, I've got the method to get on it in the UK. Um Without okay, changing your your VPN, coming useful at some point. Yeah, because I, I have I did notice that before that uh, in the UK it was difficult to get on there. Yes. Um, I've heard that. Yeah. So um, yeah. So how how to get your links? I think this is you may not have the answer for this, and that doesn't matter. But it's a challenge for you. How do podcasters? right that have their own podcast get their links onto other sites and what would those other sites be potentially apart from just the other podcast channels 
I think this is going to come down to knowing your audience. So depending on what your podcast is about, I think it would be the same process as building links to um building links to a website. So you, you need to think about who your audience is, mm. what other websites are they on? Um, are they reading any online magazines? Are they are there some kind of um uh, industry news chat um news publications online that mm-hmm. they're reading and trying to get on those kind of um places very good whether it's writing yeah. yeah whether it's right maybe writing an article about a specific um topic for the industry mm. and then having a link to the podcast in between because sometimes they'll they might like they might not let you do it in the article within the article but they might probably likely to let you do it in the bio so if you have like a small author bio um on the article you've written for them you know they can have a mention to your podcast mm. uh, and that can drive traffic and and obviously if the and, and i think you want to always try and build links to the the actual website that is built around the podcast rather than trying to link straight to the pot the spotify url for example yes um, yes yes so, so you would always because you want to try and retain that audience on the website uh, and then from there they can then click through and subscribe to whatever channel um they want to they want to choose um but i think yeah i think uh, knowing your audience finding out what other websites and publications they're on and getting on there um i think part of it is um, doing the basic SEO stuff on your website, so making sure you've got that on point, um, because you want to make sure, like like you mentioned as well, making sure you've got the right keywords on the site. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Making yeah. sure that's all because that gives you a good foundation, and then once you start building links, what you find is when you've done the basics, the links links will have an even better an even um, better effect because you've done the basics you've got you've laid the foundation for those links yes. to take full effect um, and then from that as you said um, getting sharing links uh, when you have a guest on getting them to put, put um, to link to you from somewhere whether it's on the website or their social media profiles and trying to drive more traffic so it's 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 part of a bigger strategy as well i think the key thing is knowing your audience and knowing where to where to drive them uh where where to drive the traffic from got it got it okay all right brilliant thank you so much amit I hope that answered the question. It's not I, something, I think podcast isn't something I've done, uh, you know, in terms of promoting a lot. But I think, um, I think, yeah, I think you said link building is definitely a, um, something that can be used. I think the difficult bit in what all you said there about it is knowing your audience. Mm, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. the toughest part about it, man. That's mm. really, really difficult to identify what and you mm. and so. Yeah, I'll definitely put that in my in my white hat thinking cap or whatever, yeah. <laughs> uh, and and have a think about that because I have no way of knowing that necessarily. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, good one, good one. Okay, so I I think I've I've asked you for enough uh, industry <laughs> knowledge. <laughs> yeah. um, tell us where people can find you online then if they would like to to do some link building with you. Yeah, sure. So my website is amit 
digitalmarketing.com. So um, it'll be in the show notes anyway, but that's yes. A-M-I-T, yeah. Digital Marketing. Uh, or you can just go to Google and search Freelance Link Builder, and I'm probably the top result um, for a lot of countries. Uh, I, say, <laughs> I say that now because I am. Um, but yeah, I'm at digitalmarketing.com. Um, you can reach out in there. Um, I've got a lot of free content there, so video content, articles about SEO and link building. So, you know, even if it's something you want to think about first, you know, there's a lot of free content you can consume there and you you can reach out to me on there. I have um, a Twitter that it's called That Links Guy, Um, Instagram where I'm called The Links Guy. Uh, and I think I've got I've got a YouTube channel as well, but you'll find the link to that on my website. Okay, okay, and and Facebook, LinkedIn as well. Facebook, yes, I have. Uh, I've got Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, you can search me under Amit Raj. It'll come up on LinkedIn. Okay. Uh, I'm the only Amit Raj in Glasgow. That I'm aware of. Uh, so you'll find me on there. <laughs> right. uh, Facebook as well. I'm at Raj. Just search me on there. Okay. Um, and uh, I, so what we'll do is, will, will you take a link from me for my Facebook and then we can put that in? But anyway, you know, can. Yeah, I reach found, out. I found Amit Digital UK. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, your Facebook page. Uh, but I can put I can put your personal one in as well if you wish. Yeah, personal one is fine because I I use that for um doing very I, I post a lot of like business related posts on there as well. Okay, cool, cool, great. Thank you very much indeed, Amit. And no thanks thanks for having me. I hope it wasn't too much of a try to limit the jargon as much as possible. I know that's a a pet hate with SEO, but uh, hope. Hope you found it useful, and uh, obviously anybody that's listening, hope they found it useful as well. I think you've kind of opened, you, you cracked open the nut, and it's yeah. now, it's now a case of going, okay, you know, for people that are listening as well, do we take this any further, or do we need to learn a bit more? And so hopefully people will get in touch with you. But it's super interesting to hear your story and how you got here, which is really remarkable. I wish you all the success with your business. Um, you sound really credible, really super honest and open, and that's what's needed in this industry. Thank so, you. Well done to you. And if if you're ever down in the Midlands, Birmingham way, let me know, and we'll, we'll meet up. I'll buy you lunch, and uh, we can have a, a more in-depth chat kind of face-to-face as well. Yeah, no problem, no problem. Okay, my friend, thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Okay. Pleasure. Take care. Thanks, Michael. Staying Alive UK. Share your story.